This is game time with Zach and Jamir. Back at it again with 2021-2022, a new beginning. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Eastern Conference, break down the Eastern Conference by tiers, do a couple other little segments, and just preview the season. So let's jump right into it, shall we? Right, let's do it. The contenders. Who are your contenders for the Eastern Conference this year? Um, well, in the West, I said, you know, there's only one team above the rest. And then I said, maybe this the conference finalist from that conference. But when it comes to the East, I'm definitely consider Brooklyn a contender um, for obvious reasons. Although um, with Kyrie Irving, you know, not being able to play due to the vaccine laws of New York State, Things are getting a little more interesting in the East in terms of contenders because if Kyrie refuses to get vaccinated and the mandate doesn't change, is there a possibility for Kyrie to like not play at all this year? Um, we don't know yet. We'll see how things go. But that aside, I think Brooklyn has gotten better despite already being the favorite last year. We Missing the finals only due to health and Kevin Durant's big ass foot. Um, you know, they added Paul Millsap, they added Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, the rookie they got, has shown he's tough. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Nets bring to the table this year. They've gotten better. Um, Marcus Aldridge came back too, which is nice. You know, he originally had to retire because of a heart condition, but it looks like he's cleared and ready to play again. So, that's fun. So that's that on Brooklyn, pretty much. I don't feel the need to really go too hard on them. But Milwaukee, I do have them as a contender again. They won the championship last year. Giannis leveled up, and, you know, he just was a different animal. In the Once, this, once they got to game five of the series against Brooklyn, he just became a different animal. I know everyone says, like, after a team gets a championship, everyone starts gassing up uh, the, the players and their rankings individually. But Giannis truly did become a new player. He stopped trying to do all this extra stuff. He stopped forcing up unnecessary jumpers. He stopped um, He stopped just dribbling the ball all the time. He became more of a pick and roll guy. Just became, he's got his hook shot was pretty, pretty insane in the playoffs. He just become a new, a better player. He's, he's definitely improved. I know, uh, you know, you and I were, saying he needs to he needs to level up last year when we we're doing our top 10 and he finally did do that which is nice um middleton he shook the the stigma against him in the playoffs which i'm glad about you know a big middleton guy he had a plenty of huge 40 point games um you know drew holiday came into his thing uh in terms of the bench i'll talk about the bench a little bit they lost pj tucker or the others i should i should say they lost pj tucker but you know, they got DiVincenzo back. And they did a lot of, like, different fringe moves. No one too crazy, but they, you know, they're players that help the team. I think the Bucks are once again a contender. They got better. They got that monkey off their backs, for lack of a better term. They're coming in, you know, ready to defend their title. So, yeah, I got them as a contender. I think them – I think Lakers, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee are the three best teams in the league. I think they're, they're like, heading the shoulders above everybody else. But yeah, 
How about you? What you think? I would agree with that, actually. I think that those are the only two teams that I think are legitimate championship contenders uh, at this moment. I think that will the 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 jury is out to see what other teams can do. And I mean, with Kyrie with the vaccine, um, we'll see what Kyrie does and we'll see what happens with that. But I mean, either way, I still have the Brooklyn that's as the favorite to win the Eastern Conference because I feel like if if, if Kevin Durant had any assistance from James Harden and Kyrie and, and or Kyrie at any point in that series, once Kyrie went down, like they would have still beaten the Bucks, And I think they could probably still beat the Bucks in a six game series, like in six games, um, just with James Harden and the rest of that crew, because they're just that lethal on offense. And they've added veterans that know what they're doing and will be very effective and helpful and you mentioned Cam Thomas, uh, Bruce Brown is also going to be good. He was helpful. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think they'll be a pretty good, pretty good team. I think they'll definitely be right there when it comes to the Eastern Conference picture. The Milwaukee Bucks did get that monkey off their back, as you would say. Um, <clears throat> they are going to be good. Um, I don't like them losing PJ Tucker. But I feel like they'll be the same team they've been, which is a 55-plus win team in the regular season. And they will be at least in the second round in the playoffs, uh, regardless of who they play. So I think they'll be I think they'll be pretty good in the end. I just I wouldn't I don't know if I would put them in the category of the Lakers and the Nets. I think that they're in like a middle realm between everybody else and then the Nets and the Lakers. I think they're like right there. I think they're the third best team, but I wouldn't put them necessarily in the, in the class of the Nets and Lakers. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah. But I respect it. That's, that's where my head is at on that. I think it'll, it'll be fun to watch though. It'll be fun to see. And then we transition to the playoff teams. Now, I'm sure we both have a lot more playoff teams. Yes. I have Boston, Miami, Philadelphia, with an asterisk, I guess, <laughs> and Atlanta. So I'll start off with Boston because I like Boston. But we'll start there. They're much more balanced than they were last year. They have much more rotation players than they did last year. I won't have to suffer through seeing Grant Williams uh, starting games at any point because of injuries. And if I do, then we're injured pretty bad at that point. So that is a good sign. Uh, semi ojali is gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, you know, we got a start, the start line is looking like it might, it's going to be Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Horford, and Robert Williams. That's an elite starting five defensively. And then the main two coming off the bench would be Dennis Schroeder and Josh Richardson. And, you know, with that, just with that core seven, the defense is guaranteed to be top 10. I think it could be top five. And offensively, um, they don't have like a true point guard per se or an elite point guard, but Marcus Smart averaged a career high in assists last year. 
one of the best defensive players in the NBA, you know, regardless of position, old defensive first team for two years in a row. He missed out last year. And, um, you know, last season was a, a, a shit show. But when you, you know, you factor in injuries and COVID and then having to play, not having a deep roster, you know, relying on rookies like Peyton Pritchard and uh, Neesmith later in the year to come in and produce, things just aren't going to go as well as they should. But, you know, Neesmith has been looking really good going from, you know, the summer league even up to now in the preseason. He's been looking really good. I, I think he's going to have a good year. Pritchard is going to have a good year. He's going to be fighting for minutes. He's going to have a hard time getting on the floor this year due to them actually having a viable backup point guard for the first time in years. And Schroeder, I just don't – I think people are kind of asleep a little bit now just because they had one off year last year. But, yeah, I'm excited to see how they go, how far they go. And Tatum and Brown keep getting better, and I think they're, they're showing that they will continue to improve up to this point. I don't think they've reached their peak yet. So that's, you know, the better they get, the farther the Celtics can go. So I have high hopes for them. And then we'll get to Miami. They got better. They had a good offseason. Uh, Victor Oladipo is still on the team, and he's a sneaky good addition if he can show any show modicum of health. They got Kyle Lowry, and they got P.J. Tucker. I know you said it's a big loss for Milwaukee. And I agree, but I also think P.J. Tucker is severely overrated now. He's fallen off a cliff offensively. He literally scored, like, no buckets for, like, five straight games in the playoff, in the finals, of sport, or in the playoffs in general. And despite getting, like, 30 minutes a game, he is a zero on offense. But defensively, he's useful. Um, my biggest issue with Miami is their biggest player. Their, a lot of their main players are older, i.e. Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, Kyle Lowry and Oladipo isn't the oldest player, but his health injury, his injuries have, you know, they age him a bit and their depth is a little lacking on the bench. Like I guess they'll bench Oladipo and Hero, which is good. But after that, no one else is worth mentioning. Like Gabe Vincent is the next guard after that. If he's, I don't know that position he is, but his name's Gabe Vincent. He's random as hell. Um, Dwayne Dedman. Uh, he's, you know, he's cool in 2K. In real life, he's like, all right, I guess. In 2K, he's definitely tough. In real life, he's like, whatever. And then, yeah, just a bunch of players. Uh, Max Struess, another rando. They're not very deep. They're not strong on the bench. And I can see them dealing with some injuries. You're just players not playing, you no know, taking nights off. Like, Lowry's 36 now. He can't, you know, they got to give him some, some rest at some point. So, Yeah. Miami, I have my misgivings with them. And then let's talk about Philadelphia and the Ben Simmons melodrama, soap opera, whatever you want to call it. He's reported. He looks like he's going to play. i seen on Bleach Report today that Docker was saying he's not in game shape, which is code word for we're going to sit him because he doesn't want to play and we don't want to play him right now. But <laughs> we'll see if he – I think he will play eventually. Because he's, you know, he reported he's going to show up, but he's going to miss some time right now, it seems, because he's not in quote unquote game shape. I have them as like a team of asterisks because depending on what they get for Ben Simmons, their positioning could change dramatically. But they have Joel Embiid, they have Tobias Harris, they have Seth, Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey is good in insurance. I think, I think if he gets the opportunity early, he can get you like a nice 15 and six this year, which is pretty good considering, you know, he's replacing Ben Simmons. So that's like, Anything, anything worthwhile is a great 
you know, great given the circumstances. So I think he can have a good year. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. That kind of change that could change the landscape for you know a few teams. And then lastly, in the playoff teams, I have Atlanta. A lot of people are talking about them being a third seed. I'm sorry, I don't see it. Just because like people act like progress is linear or success is linear, like because they made the conference finals, they're you know lined up to make it again. Like no, they're not. Sorry to break it to you. They they're going to be better overall. Like as a team, you no know, Nate McMillan, a full year with him. That's going to help a lot. But I just don't see them, you know, being you know this absolutely disruptive force in the playoffs. I don't think they meet the Sixers again if they meet them again. I don't see that happening. We'll talk about the you know the teams I have below them a little bit. I think. There are a couple, there's well, one team I think that could compete with them, which we'll get to later. Um, but yeah, they're deep. I like their roster. They're gonna be fun. Trey Young, John Collins, uh starting lineup. You know, those those are two biggest guys there. DeAndre Hunter can get a lot better. Tim Capella is forever solid. Uh Herter's nice off the bench. Dino Gallinari, nice off the bench. Lou Williams, nice off the bench, but it's just a matter of are they better than the teams ahead of them? I don't think so. Um, they have a high ceiling, though. We'll see, but I just don't agree. I don't believe in that ceiling. But yeah, Amir, how about you? Where do you have your teams at? Well, I have every team you have. I agree with all the points that you made. Uh, I love the coaching change in Boston, just to add to what you've already said, because I think that they needed new energy. And um, yeah, I think they need a new energy. I like what the Celtics have done also with just their roster. Like I, I agree hundred percent their roster. They're a lot deeper. Dennis Schroeder off the bench is going to be really good. Um, Cause you've, you've had to deal with Brad Wanamaker and Jeff Teague for the past few years. And I know that's been God-awfully painful for you to watch. So it's going to be – I think it's going to be a good time in Boston. Miami, uh, I think they'll be tough. They'll be physical. They'll be what they've been. I don't know if they can be much more than that, though. I don't know how far they can go. Um, and then when we talk about Philly, uh, this the whole – like. The Sixers really haven't gotten any better. They haven't gotten worse, but they haven't really gotten any better. I mean, you swap the white for uh, Drummond and Drummond. Andre Drummond is one of those guys who can have a, a crazy stat line, but not impact the game at all. So um, the jury's out to be seen what he does and how much he helps. But otherwise, if we can just stay healthy, I think we will be just fine. I think that we'll be a really good basketball team and a team that I think could actually get to the second round, possibly, um, because they are that talented. The Hawks, you've already pretty much gone into that. I don't really have to go over that. I think that they'll be a tough out again. I think they'll be good, but there is a lot. I think that there is a raised eyebrow at them now and that, people now know who they are and what they're about and what they can do. 
So we'll we will see what they are. We'll really learn about the Hawks this year because last year nobody expected anything of them. Nobody really cared about them or really thought much. And everybody knew, you know, they had Trey Young, and that was about it. But we'll see what they can do this year because now people know they're a, a, a real team. And then the Knicks, I believe the Knicks are a playoff team because of the fact that not, you had the number one defense last year. That defense was elite. And I think with Mitchell Robinson being back, I think that that will continue to be the case. They'll continue to fight and hustle and do everything that they they were doing. Um, but they've also added some additional offensive weaponry. They finally got rid of uh, Alfred Payton because he was a, he was dragging that point guard rotation down a lot, especially on the offensive end. So adding Kimball Walker is just another weapon. Um, adding Fournier over Bullet. Uh, Fournier is better than Bullet. That's just you know just to put it lightly. So I think that they'll continue to be a good basketball team, but the jury will also be out on them because of the fact that. The same thing I said with the Hawks. The Knicks were a dumpster fire pretty much coming into last year. And uh, they just surprised everybody. So this year, there's no surprises. And we'll see where they're at and what exactly they can do. But I think with great defense and improved offense, I think that they'll be a good playoff team. All right, I feel that. I too believe the Knicks are a playoff team, but due to only six teams making the making it out right, I just put them in the next category. But I feel that. So, uh, speaking of which, probably get into the next category, and I have a suggestion. What is that? Why don't we both? Why don't you you do your teams and I do my teams, and we'll just go into it after that. Makes sense. So let's let's see how that goes. So who, who I have here, I have the Pacers, I have the Wizards, I've got the Bulls, and I've got the Hornets as all teams that can compete for the play-in. Um, and who do you have? What's your, where's your head at on this? All right. So for my – Third tier playing candidates are the Knicks, Bulls, Hornets, Pacers. And if we're going to talk the Wizards, I have the Wizards as like my first team in the lottery crew. But I do think they're a tier above the other teams. So we can, I'll include them in this, in this playing candidates conversation as well. Hmm. Interesting. Now, I guess I'll go with the Knicks real quick since you had mentioned already. Yeah, go ahead. Um, quickly with the Knicks, I'm – very high on the Knicks, personally. It hurts me to put them in the playing candidates. But when you look at just comparing them to the team above, I have above them, like the Hawks, um, they're both – both teams are pretty close to me, but I think the Hawks are a little – their depth is a little more talented, and the Hawks also happen to have the best player between the two teams. And they did decimate them in the playoffs. Granted, the Knicks were a little different team at that point. They were starting El Alfred Payton, Lord help them. 
But, um, yeah, I think the Hawks are just a little better. So the Knicks as a seven seed, but I cannot, I cannot see a world where they, they make the, they get in the play and then don't make the playoffs. I think they're making it regardless, but someone has to play in the play in due to the new rules. So yeah, that's pretty much it there. I'm not going to go too much in depth with them, but um, shout out to Julius Randle. I don't know if he's going to have a year as good as last year, but if he does, they're going to be amazing. And I think that's part of their drop off as well. They're, they're a better team this year, but the teams around them have also gotten better. And that's where their fall in the standings comes from for me. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah, let's get into the. I want to hear your thoughts on the Bulls. They're they're you know they're a hot button team nowadays. <laughs> the Bulls, the Bulls to me are a very interesting team. Uh, I think the key in all this is Lonzo. I like Demar Derozan and Zach Levine. I like everybody on that team. I think that it'll they'll be very fun to watch, um, but. Lonzo is going to be the key here because he's going to orchestrate on the offensive end, and then he'll probably be the best defender on the team as well. So, and he's also improved significantly as a shooter. Um, he'll be in the same conference as his brother now. Um, so I, I, I think I think he I think with his brother being in the league and you know with him shining the way he has been shining. I think that we'll continue to see Lonzo step it up a bit and be more involved. Um, I think that with Zach Levine, now he has some help. They've also got Busevich, obviously, which is huge. Like I don't know, I don't know how they didn't make the playoffs last year. Like they were, they were right there, and then they get Busevich, and everybody thinks, oh yeah, the Bulls are really trying to make some noise this year, and then they just fell apart so I want to see what they do with that whole I mean like the key the key will be Lonzo and not just Lonzo like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna add something here I think the other key will be the defense because they have offense they I think offensively they should be great I think that the pieces can fit together can work um, you know, like they have pretty much everything an offense could ask for. Um, like Zach Levine, he could average 20, 20 in his sleep, 20 plus to like closer to 25 in his sleep. Um, DeMar could average high teens. Um, Lonzo, he could average 15 with better shooting, closer to 10 assists. And Vucevic is a walking double-double. So I think that they can be special. With that being said, defensively, they will they may be a little challenged. So I want to see how that plays out in crunch time situations. Um, and and what, what, are you, what are you thinking when it comes to Chicago? When it comes to Chicago, I think the big four talk is absolutely preposterous to begin with. Like, you want to stretch the big three, sure, whatever. Everyone says big three. It's, it's a big marketing thing. But four? 
Lonzo ain't no big nothing. <laughs> Not like Lonzo a lot. But he's he's just a, a, a high-tier role player, let's be honest. Great playmaker, great team defender, all right on-ball defender. Um, but he ain't no big – he's not a big-time star. He's a big star in name only rather than production. But aside from that point that just bothers me, um, I agree with you that the defense is going to be suspect. The offense is going to be there. I think Lonzo as a playmaker for Zach Levine and DeRozan in the full in the in the fast break is going to be very fun to watch. Vucevic, you know, he'll give them a nice when they need to change the pace in the paint. He's definitely useful for that. Um, but their defense is literally on the backs of Lonzo Ball, Patrick Williams, and Alex Caruso, and no one else is like even solid on defense on that team. So that's going to be an interesting – it's going to be interesting to see how that defense plays out because they're not going to be good. And then talking about the front court quickly, Vucevic is great. Um, Patrick Williams is going to play a power forward for them, even though he's playing a lot of three last year. He's going to move up to the four now. And after that, their next best big is um, Alize Johnson. So <laughs> that is scary. That is very scary. If I were to predict their record, I'd just go ahead and say like 43 and 39, which you know, make the, they'll make the play in. But they're not going to be in like world beaters by any stretch just because their defense is going to be so bad. Although their offense is going to be fun, but I don't think it's going to be record-breaking at the same time. And that's just – I think those those great out as an above-average team. They'll make the playoffs, which was the goal. And I understand why they get the Rosen for, for the simple fact that sometimes you just need talent. I don't like that they gave up um, Alfred Aminu and Thaddeus Young for him. I think that was just, that was interesting to give up both of them. I understand the Spurs wanted that, whatever, but at least keep Alfred Aminu so he can like be a, you know try to at least mimic what that was bringing. But they gave away both of their power forwards, and like I said, now they're stuck with Alize Johnson. So I think they could have maneuvered that a little better, but. Again, they'll make the playoffs. They'll make the play-in at least. I don't know if they make the playoffs, but they'll make the play-in. I would be surprised if they don't make the playoffs. But, yeah, that's how I feel about the Bulls. Before we go ahead, why don't you tell me what you think about the Pacers real quick? Uh, health. <laughs> that's all I can really tell you about them. Their season will be dictated on health. If, the, if, if, if I were to be sure – that they can be healthy the entire season. I would put them in the bracket with the Knicks and the Hawks, but I can't. So therefore, you know, I can't. Um, I can't necessarily say that. You know what I mean? So with with the talent they have, I think that they should be a pretty good offense Sabonis is always going to be underrated uh Karis Levert he's he's really good when he's healthy Malcolm Brogdon is good when he's healthy Miles Turner is also good when he's healthy (laughs) so same thing with TJ Warren offensively they're they've got weapons they can shoot they can space the floor they can penetrate. They can do pretty much anything they want to do on the offensive end. And now, especially because they have Rick Carlisle, 
um, as coach. Uh, last year, they just didn't coaching wise. It just it just didn't work. Literally hated. <laughs> huh? The players and the Pacers literally hated their that coach. Yeah, they did. So now that he's gone, now they have Rick Carlisle. I think they will be good, but it'll all depend on health. Like if they stay healthy the whole year, I would not be surprised if they made the playoffs without having to go in the play-in. Like I really wouldn't. Um, if they were like a top six team, I wouldn't be surprised. But again, the Pacers health has been a thing for years now. So we'll see what happens. But that, that's just that's just my take on on the Pacers. What what are your thoughts on the Pacers? Yeah, you know I'm big, I'm big on the Pacers personally. So like I agree with many things you're saying. They are probably like one of the them and the Warriors are the two hot, most high variance teams to me, where like where they finish can just dramatically change based upon, you know, health and other factors. I will say the Pacers, like the crazy thing with the Pacers, like if you if I told you had a team you had four four players capable of scoring in low 20s and a defensive player of the year candidate, you would think you were you know, getting a top four team in, in your conference, but you're not. <laughs> That's the Pacers. Like, Brogdon gets you low 20s. Levert gets you low 20s. Savonis gets you low 20s and double-digit rebounds and six assists. And TJ Warren, if whenever he comes back, he'll get you low 20s and points. And then Miles Turner was an early-year candidate for the defensive player of the year last year before he got hurt and the Pacers, like, fell off a cliff. So, you know, if we, with all that added up, you'd think your team would be amazing. But again, if they stay healthy, if TJ Warren comes back and he comes back playing well, if Levert can stay on the court for more than 10 games at a time, if Brogdon can stay healthy, because he's like a borderline all-star player, but, um, you know, if he can stay healthy, if Miles Turner can stay healthy, so bonus is healthy as well, too, all the time, so that's something. Like, if I had to pick one team that I think should just uh, full-blown trust the process, it's like the Pacers, like just trade off, like keep Sabonis, but trade off everyone, all the other starters, get the pieces, you know, get your draft picks. And they can retool, honestly, be like right back in the race with like, you know, a whole new team that fits Sabonis a little better in like two years. So, yeah, that's how I feel the Pacers. Although I, I do, I'm not a big trust the process kind of person. I believe you just try to win and, uh, you know, recruit based around the fact that you want to win versus, uh, getting four young players to come and suffer along your, along the trail of your team <laughs> and just sub subjecting them to failure by design. I guess we'll get to the Hornets quickly, just for time's sake here. The Hornets are going to be fun. They're my league pass team last. There are a lot of people's, team, people's league pass team last year, but I still think they're going to be fun. Uh, their ceiling is pretty much wherever LaMelo ball takes them. Um, if Gordon Hayward's healthy, they'll be much better. That's very crucial for them. I like Terry Rozier. I think Rozier is kind of like at his peak right now, which is fine. Like a low 20 point per game score. Like, you know, you can't get, that's a pretty good peak. You asked me, low 20 point per game score, taking a uh, big time shots for your team. Miles Bridges, it seems like he's going to start this year, which is going to be fun. Cause you know, he's big time. The whole, uh, hum diddly dee, like that was straight up off Miles Bridges dunks. So that's fun. P.J. Washington looks like he's going to be off the bench this year. He's solid. And I really, really liked the Mason Plumlee addition they had. 
Um, he's not like a high flyer or anything, but he's solid on defense. He's a great playmaker for his position. Underrated, if you ask me. Um, yeah, he'll get them like, you know, nine boards a game and 10 points and four assists, which is more than they can, more they were getting from the center position last year. So, yeah, I think that's going to, I think they're going to be a fun team. Again, I think they're going to be a playing team. If In a year from now, though, I think next year, or I guess 22, 23, they're going to pop. I think they're going to really like take a jump because Lamelo just, I think he's going to take that third year jump that a lot of great players take. And, you know, they'll continue trying to get better. Gordon Hayward, if he can get healthy, that'll be huge for them. But since he's gotten, since he broke his leg on that fateful day, four years ago today, actually, he's been just injury prone every year. So that's a big if. And with that being said, I think they're definitely locked in for the play-in. And if not, they'll fall below the Wizards, who you mentioned. Yeah, why don't you uh, – what are your thoughts on the Hornets? And then you can get to the Wizards on my, as well. Uh, with the Hornets, they're, they're just a bunch they're, – they're, they remind me of a less seasoned um, and less well-coached Clippers team. Like, they're good. They got a lot of good players. Um, they're going to be young, they're fun, they're exciting. I mean, like, you know, like they're literally like a young Clippers team with much less seasoning and experience. Like, they're going to be a good team, but they're going to only go as far as, as you said, Lamar uh, LaMelo takes them with the help of a Terry Rozier, um, with the help of a Gordon Hayward, um, and, like, they're, they're all a bunch of really good players, but, like, nobody on that team is, like, great yet. Like, LaMelo can be great. Like, he's a good basketball player right now, but no one on that team is great. So they're going to be fighting for a spot again in a tough conference with a lot of good teams and some really great teams, uh, teams with better players. But they work hard. They play together. Uh, and they're exciting. They play fast. So we'll see what they can do. And I think I think they'll be definitely fun to watch again this year. That's for sure. If, if they're not successful, they'll still be fun to watch. And then with the Washington Wizards, they're actually kind of a similar situation. They do have a great player, and they do have more seasoned players. Uh, I think the Wizards – roster is just a lot better this year than it was last year um they have more depth they added Montrez Harrell they added Kyle Kuzma they added Contavious Claudwell Pope um I mean none of those guys are necessarily you know um the greatest players you've ever seen but what they are our bodies. And that's something that the Wizards did not have. Uh, they didn't really have bodies last year. Um, they also may get Thomas Bryant back. Um, well, they will be getting Thomas Bryant back. So getting Thomas Bryant back, adding a Spencer Dinwiddie, I think is a really good move. And I think the Wizards added depth along with just, you know, just having 
a really solid, strong team. I think that they're one of those fringe teams that won't compete for a title and they won't be as good as the teams behind the championship contenders either. But I think that they're a team that's going to be fun. They're going to make noise. They're going to play good basketball. And if you aren't playing great basketball that night when you play them, they could beat you. You know, they got good, they've they got to have a lot of good players. Like Daniel Gafford is really good too. Like he he's really nice. Don't sleep on him ever. So I would I would definitely just say the Wizards are going to be fun to watch along with the Hornets. They'll be, I think they'll be kind of similar in that way. Um, Bradley Beal is going to get buckets. My only question mark too with the Wizards would be their defense as well. Um, similar to a lot of teams, honestly, like the Wizards and Hornets are similar in that way as well, where I think neither team is really going to be able to defend that well. I mean, Montrez Harrell and Gafford, they give you solid defensive effort. But overall, are they really great defenders when it comes down to it? Like when they have to guard guys like a Joel Embiid or a Giannis or somebody like that? No. So um, their inability to get stops in key moments, I think, will cost both of those teams. But I think they're in the same ballpark. And I think they'll be competing for a play-in spot. So that, that that's where my head is at on both of those teams. I got you. I will say um, quickly on the Wizards, I agree with many of the points you're making. Uh, they just have a lot of like regular dudes, to be honest. A lot of them are just mad regular. They're just typical run-of-the-mill rotation players who can make runs on playoff teams given the right fit. Um, when it comes to Gafford, I will say, though, I don't agree. I think he is an amazing defensive player. He is really, really good. He's the best center on that roster. Sorry, Thomas Bryant. Tom, Daniel Gafford should be getting, you know, the lion's share of center minutes. Gafford, you know, he switches really well. He's a great shot blocker. His only weakness is he's 6'10 versus, like, you know, a seven-footer, per se. But Gafford has – I think he can, you know, get better, too. Again, like you said, it's just Bradley Beal and the boys, essentially. It's going to be, I'm, you know, going to see the Celtics versus Wizards in a few weeks. That's going to be fun to watch. So I can get to see them live and see how they play in person in my own eyes versus, the, the, you know, the TV <laughs> kind of telling me who I should be watching and stuff. One thing that would be fun to see if uh, the Kuzma believers, they think he has a shot to actually be somebody in Washington. I think he is who he is. I think he'll play better here because he's not being forced to be a catch and shoot player, which is just, he's just not that. He's not a guy who's going to catch in and knock down 42% of threes. Never has been, never will be. And that's okay. But um, yeah, I don't really have too much to say about the Wizards. They're going to be all right. <laughs> They're going to be all right. I think, this, I think uh, uh, Kyle Kuzma is like Tobias Harris. Well, not Tobias Harris. He's like Thaddeus Young if if Thaddeus Young was good on offense and bad on, and not that great on defense. He's like very average at everything. What you're saying that's a little more impactful just because his defense the things he does on defense not a lot of not a lot of other players do whereas with Kuzma the things he does on offense a lot of other people do that. <laughs> Fair enough.
<laughs> but I get where you're I get you're going with that. Just a little little bit of everything on the opposite end, but I think that jack of all trades uh, moniker is more helpful on defense than offense. At the end of the day, the offense is about putting the ball in the basket as efficiently as possible. So, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I think that also, I think with Kyle Kuzma, I think he's going to benefit from the fact that he won't have to, he won't have to be in the lights anymore. Like, yeah, I think he'll he'll benefit greatly from that because. I think just being in those lights and being constantly having a light shined on you when the Lakers sucked, there was a light on you. When the Lakers won a championship, there was a light on you stepping up. When the Lakers, you know, when the Lakers were making trades and things of that nature, there was a light on you. There's always a light on Kyle Kuzma because fair or not, people thought that he was going to be like people essentially expected him to be the third guy on the Lakers when they got AD like people immediately threw him in that label of all right he's going to be the third he's going to be the third fiddle on this team he's going to be the third guy on this team I mean ultimately wound up being Rondo but he a lot there was just a lot of expectation for him and I think now that he's in Washington he can just play he doesn't have to live up to that you know every night every time he's on the court there's celebrities there all that kind of stuff it's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. so I think he can just play now and I think we'll see a better version of him because yeah I agree that's a good point and now for the lottery. The next section. I'm sorry, go ahead. The lottery crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next section. Yep. Lottery crew. Where, yes. where, where's your head at with, with this with this uh this pack in the Eastern Conference? Um, you know, we discussed the Wizards already, so I'm gonna skip over them. And I got Toronto, Cleveland, Orlando Cluster Fuck Magic, and the Pistons. And how about you? Oh, I got the exact same four. Oh, they okay. they they are uh, they are all just bad. I mean, Toronto, Toronto. You know how I said the Bucks are like they're like literally. If you wedged every team in the East below them, but wedged, um, well, basically they're better than every team except for the Lakers in the Nets. Yeah, yeah. So they're right in the middle of that, but they're not on. But they're not on the same level as the Nets and the Lakers. The the Raptors. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, like, they're better than every team in this group, but they're not as good as the teams above them. Like, they're like definitely not as good as the teams above them. Yeah, like if you call them Raptors a play in a team with a shot to play in, you'd be like, whoa, slow down. But we said like they're like one of the worst teams in the East. You like you'd put pause on it and kind of like give them their, their props. Right. Okay, I get that. But I mean that I could agree. change with Sexland and uh Allen, but you know. And Mobley, he's looking pretty good apparently. Yeah. Yeah, Raptors are like another team I think are gonna be. They're, the Spurs are going to be the most boring to me. 
The Raptors are a close second. Just in terms of entertainment value, like <laughs> the biggest shows are like, come watch the Toronto Raptors where Pascal Siakam does like 40 spin moves before he shoots a shot. <laughs> like, I'm just not looking forward to that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I do like Scotty Barnes though. He gives me uh, jack of all trade vibes. Um, he's like a playmaking forward um, who can't shoot for shit, but he tries to shoot, which I respect. You think, you know, if you, as long as you give it a shot, you can get better at it. But yeah, Scotty Barnes is going to be, um, like right now, he's kind of like a shittier Kyle Anderson. And I like Kyle Anderson a lot. So we'll see what happens with Scotty Barnes. I think he can, he can be a big, impactful player for a team in the future. Yeah, I think he can, he can add something now, to be honest. So that's literally the one thing that's worth watching. Fred Van Vliet is, uh, he can shoot, but he's pretty, um, and, you know, he's, he's fine. He's a fine, he's a fine player. He's not an all-star. He's a step or two below that. He's a fine player. Um, yeah, I'm bored talking about them. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you want to expound on the Raptors more, but let's want to talk about another team. I don't. <laughs> I don't. They're not good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm cool off spin moving the crew. I, I I think that they have a lot of work to do. They, they, I'm just glad they got one with Kyle before he left. Uh, that's yeah. all I can say about yeah. them. Um, and I guess just jumping into the rest of this pack, I mean, when we look at the, the Cavaliers, they're going to, I think they're going to do more of the same. If just as a culture, again, uh, the, the culture thing with the Timberwolves, I think pretty much applies with the Cavaliers as well. When, when LeBron isn't there, um, they just are complete garbage. They are embar- they're an embarrassment as a, as a franchise. Um, they do keep adding good young talent like Colin, Sext- Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, um, Jared Allen, Evan, Evan Mobley, um, Okuro. Like they're they're building something, but is it gonna be something good? Uh, I think not. Um, so you've got that. Then you you get worse, and you go to Detroit. Uh, they have Cade Cunningham. We'll see what he does. Uh, Isaiah Stewart is pretty good. Uh, Jerrion Grant is solid. He was worth the money. Um, that's about it. <laughs> that's about it. Detroit. There's not much there. And then to close out, the Orlando Magic are just no. They, I mean, they get Jonathan Isaac back. They drafted Jalen Suggs, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they drafted Jalen Suggs. Um, he'll be interesting. They have Cole Anthony, who actually turned out to be really solid. Um, Markel Fultz should be coming back. Um, so they'll be, they'll be a fun team to watch lose. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'll be a fun team to watch lose. That's pretty much all I have for the rest of the Eastern conference. Yeah. I think this is like the most boring section to talk about, but there's not much impressive about these teams. Cleveland, 
you know, they got Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. I'm I'm interested in Evan Mobley though. He looks like he might be fun to watch. Their roster is a little clunky right now though. Honestly, like they got Lori Markkinen, which is an interesting move. Kevin Love's still there. Mobley and Jared Allen all fighting for like you know the front court minutes. So that'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Kevin Love just got to get out of there somehow, some way. Like let's just let's just end this charade. Just let the man go. He doesn't want to be there. It's very obvious. <laughs> Send him anywhere at this point, please. He still has something left in the tank, so it'd be fun to see him go elsewhere. But um, Orlando, I'm I'm still a, a Marco Fultz believer. He was showing some good things last year before he tore his ACL, which is very unfortunate. But I think Fultz, Fultz and Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs are all be fighting for the point guard minutes. So that's part of the clusterfuck. And you got Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter uh, fighting for the center minutes, another clusterfuck. And then no one can shoot on the team like efficiently, except for Terrence Ross. So it's just like it's just going to be uh it's going to be a brick show in Orlando. I don't know what the heck is going to happen there, but I'm gonna watch it. Like you said, it's gonna be fun to watch them. It was like, oh that was that was that was funny. You see him do that? <laughs> like it's gonna be fun to watch them lose, bro. I agree with you. That's a good. That's a good analysis of the Orlando Magic experience we're going to be having. But yeah, uh, I guess I'll talk about Detroit real quick. Teddy Cunningham first of real quick. That's cool. We'll see what he does. Uh, you know, reading up on what they say about him, he's not the strongest finisher, but he's a great, great quote unquote great leader, uh, playmaker, shooter, six foot six, can play the point or you know or off ball wing position. Um, that's cool about him, I guess. Then you have, I like Sadiq Bay. I like Sadiq Bay. He's, he's a gunner. He got a cannon on him. I like Sadiq Bay. Isaiah Stewart, like you mentioned him as well. Um, he is a, he's going to be a problem, I think. They got my guy Kelly, Kelly Olenek out there in, in Detroit cooking up. I wish he went somewhere where his, his progress is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not progression. His talent. Talent's Devel- a good one. Development. Production is what I'm looking for. Production, production. I wish he went somewhere his production was going to matter to success. But they gave him the bag and he took it. So I respect it. It would be nice to see him go to a different team, though. Like, I think Olenek would have been cool on uh, just real quick. I don't know. Like, Philadelphia would have been cool if they had like, a, a five who could shoot, you know, in the, in the non envied minutes. So it would have been interesting to see him there or something like that. Or it would have been cool to see him back in Boston. You know, I miss him. <laughs> the, the the Kelly Olynyk game where he took out the Wizards was something else. But, yeah, that's all I have on Detroit, really. They're going to be pretty shitty. Jeremy Grant, he's, he, you know, he he looked like a borderline all-star last year in his first year as a, in a quote-unquote star role. But they'll be interesting, I think, but they're gonna, just going to suck. They don't have enough good players yet. But they're on their way, definitely on their way. Who's going to be worse, Detroit or Orlando? Real quick. No explanation necessary, but. Ooh. Right off the dome? I'm going to say the Magic. Oh, I don't know. Because I think that the Magic are deeper. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 um, I guess I'll say, I guess I'll say the Magic. 
because I do think when you look at construction, the Pistons technically do have better construction, like up front. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I would I would I would say the Magic will wind up being worse. I agree for those exact reasons. Again, the Magic are an absolute uh, conglomeration of players who don't fit together. It's just a collection of guys who play basketball. Like they're like a the Magic look like what a, a like if the NBA had a rec league. Like that's the magic look like to me. Just a bunch of dudes just got on a team because they rock with each other. Not because uh this guy can shoot threes, this guy's a rebounder, and this guy does this and that. They're just NBA players. But yeah, that's it on that. I think the magic might not even win 20 games, to be honest. Then okay, so you're going to be two teams who don't win 20 games, in my opinion. But yes, enough about the the depressing bottom tier of the East. <laughs> Why don't we uh, get into a player you're watching, you know, this player could be anybody from uh, Brad Wanamaker to LeBron James. Just anybody who you're watching. Ben Simmons. Well, makes sense. That's the player I'm watching. Do elaborate. Uh, it's pretty easy. Um, you try to force your, you try to force your way out of Philly because why? Like, was it because you felt like, no one believed in you or I'm not necessarily sure why he forced his way out of Philly. He got paid. And then on top of that, you know, the last time we saw you, you just, you stunk it up. Like, let's just be real here. I mean, defensively you were great, but we need more. You're, you're a first overall pick. You were an all-star. We need more. Um, Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid with a tear, with a, with a, with a tear, he played better. He was injured and played way better than you. Um, you know, uh, I just need more aggression. Um, and ultimately what it comes down to is again, development. Development, development, development. You see Giannis working on his game. He's gotten better. We, you talked about it earlier. He's catching picks and he's running, he's running the pick and roll. He's shooting jump shots. He's not scared to go, go to the line and hit his free throws. Um, he's doing everything. Like he he's a his his game is complete. He got bigger, stronger, and his game is complete. I mean, obviously. He can continue to work on his shot, but for the most part, I would say that Giannis is a complete is a complete basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing goes with Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball could actually shoot the three now. Like he can literally, he can really light it up from the three point line. And before when he came in the league, that was one of the first things that everybody would talk about. His jump shot is broke. His jump shot mechanics are awful. He has now gotten to a point where he's comfortable shooting threes and he hits them at a pretty good clip now. I need to see your development. You post videos in the offseason of, you know, you shooting threes and you running against celebrities and playing, you know, just, just playing good basketball, doing what we want you to do, being aggressive, getting to the rim, 
Like, and it's not like you're playing against scrubs. You're playing against dudes like Jalen Brown and John Wall and, and, and stuff like that. Like, and then we ask, where's the stuff at in the NBA? When Where's the stuff when it counts? I need Ben Simmons to step up, stop blaming everybody else, and actually just go, just attack, just be aggressive. Um, so I'm going to watch because – if Ben Simmons took a step, like if he actually took the next step, because I would say he's improved as a defender and as a playmaker, but he was already a great defender and playmaker coming out of college. So if he improves as a finisher and as a scorer, and he actually starts to shoot the three ball, there's no our, – our floor – is the conference finals, I feel like, if he, like, really developed as a scorer and tr- just tries to score. Like, that's all you really need to do. Just try. Just be more aggressive. So my eyes will be on Ben Simmons. My eyes will definitely be on Ben Simmons. No doubt about it. It's not even close. I could say Kyrie Irving, but I don't really care. So, <laughs> um, Yeah. It would be Ben Simmons. You? Okay. That's a good one. Um, there's a lot of lies on Ben Simmons, but we'll see. You're 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 coming from a perspective of him staying in Philly and getting things together, which is interesting because a lot of, everyone just kind of assumed he's gone. So that's interesting. But um the player I'm watching, I'm gonna go with my guy, LaMelo Ball. Um, side note, I'm always watching Robert Williams. I just think he still can get better, but I talk about him a lot, so I'm going to start somewhere else. We're going to start the season off elsewhere. Uh, I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball. As you know, Randy Rookie of the Year. Um, Charlotte was good last season when healthy as a full team. So, like, he definitely changed that. Like, the the Hornets became fun because of him. Like, he changed the culture of that team, which says a lot about his presence and his – you know, says a lot about who he is as a basketball player that he can just kind of galvanize a whole a whole team that was kind of on the road to nowhere until he got there. Like, their fortunes have changed dramatically because of his presence. Um, the, yeah, like, again, that kind of goes along with what we were saying with their ranking them. Um, you know, no one's great yet. Everyone's really good, but they have a lot of really good players. No one's great yet. He has He's the one player there with the path to greatness. That's very obvious, unless someone has, like, an unforeseen explosion in, in uh, production. But um, the Hornets going to go as far as he can go. And he's going to continue getting better. He averaged 15 and a half, 15, about 15 and a half points, about six rebounds, about six assists, uh, you know, rounding up to two steals a game. And he shot 35% from the three, which isn't amazing, but it's something. And it is worth noting he did start the year off on the bench. For whatever reason, they were, like, re- resistant to giving him starter minutes until Devon, I think it was Devontae Graham got hurt and they, LaMelo got in the starting lap and never looked back. So those those uh, numbers, yeah, they're they're nice, but they honestly don't reflect how good he really was once he got a full shot. So I think I'm just looking forward to seeing how much better he gets, how far he can drag his team, come kind of high on the Hornets. I think you know, I put them as ninth because like they just realistically, they aren't, they aren't better than the teams ahead of them. But I do see a world where they outperform expectations and look really good. Um, you know, continue being fun. 
it's like, I just love how their identity, like part of their identity and part of their culture is having fun and, you know, enjoying the, the game and enjoying the people you're around. So I look, I just love watching them play and he is the catalyst for that. So I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing how far he goes. Um, before he got in the NBA, he was a bit like annoying to me as a character. Like everyone was just like, oh, the ball, the ball, It's like, dude was just a, a ball hog before. Just, uh, he wasn't passing, just trying to score. But, you know, I guess, you know, just being a teenager, I guess. But he's definitely grown as a player. And yeah, I'm, I'm interested in watching him now. I'm a fan now. So we'll see how that goes. That's what I got on that, really. And what, and right off of that, what are you looking forward to like seeing in the Eastern Conference? In regards to what? Oh, oh yes, in regards to the second in general, in regards to season, across the Eastern Conference. I don't know. This is interesting this year because the East is to me, this is the, the East has finally surpassed the West in terms of like overall uh, teams. I think the East teams are a little better overall. But I'm honestly just looking forward to seeing how like that Atlanta Knicks Bulls triumvirate. I'm interested to see how they play. Because, um, like, again, you mentioned the, the Hawks and Knicks exceeding expectations. Although, like, Atlanta people, a lot of people thought last year Atlanta Hawks were going to be, like, the eighth seed. They were they outperformed that. They were actually the fifth seed. And when they, by the time, before Nate, Nate McMillan got there, they were trash. But once he got there, they exploded and they played really well. So having a full season of him be interesting. The Knicks, people thought they were going to be, like, a 25-win team last year. And there are people like, yeah, why would you give Julius Randle uh, this amount of years, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then he came out and became an all-NBA player last year. And all-NBA is essentially like top 15 in the league. So he really showed out. He got himself a four-year contract, you know, after that amazing performance, which was very deserved. And they just, they're just much better than expected off the strength of him and Tom, Tom Thibodeau coming together and, you know, doing what they got to do. RJ Barrett is going to get a lot better. People don't talk about RJ Barrett much for some reason, despite the fact that he's shown he can be a good player. Like he has a 20 point per game ceiling. Uh, you know, he, he can definitely get, he can be a 20 point per game scorer with solid defense. Like he has, there's a world where RJ Barrett, <clears throat> excuse me, RJ Barrett is like the third, third or fourth option on a pretty good team. I feel like he, he can kind of be like a, a Chris Middleton a little bit. If you were to get his three point shot consistent, I can, he definitely gives me Chris Middleton vibes. So yeah, that's just that's something to look out for with him and with or the Knicks in general. And again, you mentioned earlier, completely revamped. They have offensive players now besides Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. So they shouldn't collapse in the in the playoffs. And in the Bulls, I just want to see them prove me wrong and prove that they aren't uh, you know, overblown. Like I just don't I don't see it. They're gonna make the playoffs, I think, just off the strength of talent. But um, there's a sac sacrificial lambs to, let's say, whether it's Brooklyn or Milwaukee gets the first seed, first seed, they're, set, they're going to decimate that Bulls team. It's not even going to be close. It's going to be a massacre. So, yeah, <laughs> I just want to see if the Bulls are actually, like, if they actually can be really good or if I'm just, if they're just going to be, you know, what I expect them to be. But yeah, just that th trio of teams that uh, end of the playoffs, End of the well, playoff blocks, uh, top of the play-in candidates area in the East will be interesting for me. How about you? For me, 
I just want to see I want to see the teams that have already been here. I want to see what they're capable of this year with the improvements that they've made, like the Heat, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Nets, and the Sixers. I just want to see that, like, as you said, the, the East is now at a level where they really can compete with the Western Conference. I just want to see those heavyweights and superpowers in the, the, the Eastern Conference really show up. I want to see how those matchups take place um, because they're all, they're all usually really good matchups, those, those heavyweights. So yeah, I just want to see what they do. I want to see how they progress, how they continue. And um, if they live up to the hype that we're giving them. Um, so yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, also with those teams, there are big storylines through all of those teams, like um, Miami getting Kyle Lowry, getting PJ Tucker, just getting tougher. Um, how they bounce back after being swept last year? The Bucks, defending champs. We'll see what they can do. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets. You know, there's a lot of storm going on right now with the whole Kyrie Irving issue, um, and also. They were just short of win of getting to a uh, conference finals last year, beating the the eventual champs. So we'll see what happens with that. The Sixers with the Ben Simmons situation, and then Boston revamping their roster and also moving on from Brad Stevens. So there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there. And with those top five teams, we I just want to see what they're really made of and how the east really stacks up and in the you know the grand scheme of things all right makes sense but yeah i'll begin to the binds by yourself for the last part of this here yeah and i can start us off i think my first question would be boston by yourself um 55-plus wins for the Boston Celtics. Oh, it's going to hurt, but I'm going to say so. I think they're going to win, like, 50 flat. Um, yeah, I'd say 50 flat just because Rob Williams is going to get hurt, unfortunately. Just I don't want him to, but for some reason he can't help it but get hurt somehow, and that's going to hurt a lot. Um, we're already starting the year off with some COVID stuff, which is, is, is a terrible sign. But Al Horford and Jalen Brown tested positive. So there's that. They're expected to be back for the opener, at least Jalen Brown. I didn't see what they said about Al, Al Horford, but he's expected to be back for the opener. So that's encouraging. I'll get them right around 50. They had a terrible season last year. By, uh, you know, they were 500, but by the standards they were given, that was a complete shut meltdown of his season. It's hard to say just because uh the new you know we got a new coach you don't know how things are gonna play out but they are deeper I think 50 wins is like a solid 50 and 32 is a solid record like you get that that's a good team I just don't see them winning 55 win games considering they're in the same division as Brooklyn <laughs> that's going to be a problem 
the Sixers, while the Celtics were hard countering them for a few years, looks looks like the Sixers kind of figured out the Celtics a little bit. The Knicks, also in that same division, aren't a walk walk in the park. And Toronto, although we're you know shitting on them, they might they were able to steal a game or two from somebody. If you're sleep, if you're sleep, they'll they'll beat you. No, they got Nick Nurse. He's a great coach. He won Coach of the Year, championship coach. He'll beat you if you're asleep. And just that top, the top seven teams in the East, in my opinion, are good teams. Like from Knicks to the Hawks, the Sixers to Miami and Boston, if we're talking about Milwaukee to Brooklyn, those teams are going to, you know, that's a tough, those are tough matchups. So I just think the Celtics are going to lose, you know, fall short of 55, they're going to fall to 50. But yeah, I'm going to sell on that. Fascinating. Hmm. Very, 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 very fascinating. And then my other question would be for the Eastern Conference. The buyer, my buyer sell is, do the New York Knicks finish in the top five? Top five? This also is going to hurt. I'm going to say sell. I do think they are going to finish under the Hawks. I think they're going to finish in the play-in and make it pretty easily. Only because the East is just, like I said, the top seven is just tough. I like them a lot, but I just don't see them. I just don't, I just don't see them finishing top five. Because to be top five, that to be better than Brooklyn, Milwaukee, that's not happening. Boston, Miami, there's potential for that, but it's less likely. And then Philadelphia or Atlanta, which is possible for Philadelphia, assuming, considering the possibility of what could happen with Ben Simmons, like that's a – whatever happens with Ben Simmons dictates whether or not like, the Knicks can outperform the Sixers in the playoff in a regular season series – or regular season, excuse me. And then Atlanta, like we talked about, or like I mentioned earlier, I just think the Hawks are just a little better. Just in the fringes, the Hawks are a little better, and they do have the best player between the two teams, Trey Young. So, yeah, I just don't see the world where the Knicks get top five, barring injuries to certain teams. So I'm going to sell. Hmm. Fascinating. I think they have a shot. I think they have an outside shot. Yeah, I do think they have an outside shot, but – if I had to put money on it, I'd, I'd go with my gut that they're not making it that high. They're not making it that high. Especially to... All right. So I guess I'll just do my first buy or sell. So buy or sell, Kate Cunningham wins rookie of the year. I think so. I think that. I think that there's every everything is around him. I think that he just has to go out and be the player that he was, um, a playmaker. That's what they need out there. They need somebody who can make plays, somebody who can who can excite the crowd. Some, and he will tie these pieces together. He will ultimately tie these pieces together because that's all they really need. They really need a playmaker badly. I mean, they need a playmaker. They need a bench. They need a culture. They need a lot of things, but playmaker on the court is one of their biggest needs right now 
And, you know, with Grant, who was scoring, what, 20? Um, 20 some. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, he'll be fine with, with, with the help of a playmaker. Um, Kelly Olenek, as you mentioned, Isaiah Stewart, all those guys just need somebody who can organize and orchestrate that. So I think with him being in there, the ball will be in his hands a lot. His number, his numbers will be high. The success won't be there, but you don't really need to be super successful to win rookie of the year, <laughs> to be honest, especially yeah. this year, because a lot of a lot of players who will probably be in that conversation in the end are going to be on teams that aren't going to be that good. So I think that Kate Cunningham does ultimately wind up winning rookie of the year. All right. I respect it. Um, I don't think he's gonna, this guy's going to win it, but Chris Duarte is going to be really good on the Pacers. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in him. That'd be cool. Um, he's going to be someone worth watching. But I don't know. I'm going to give it to Jalen Green, to be honest with you. Because mm. part of the Rookie Year Award, unfortunately, is how flashy you are and how, how much highlights you can you can get. That's yeah. a big part of the Rookie of the Year Award. Like, people were ready to give it to Anthony Edwards. Honestly, I just felt like because he was flashy as shit. Just, you know, he had some nice dunks, this and that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think Jalen Green got it. He's a little – he's a – a little more complete offensive player, or at least a little more complete scorer. I'll say I think that's a more accurate way to, to discuss the tip. He's a more complete scorer. He's walking in automatically, going to be given number one scorer option of looks. Kay Cunningham, you know, they're going to look to him to be the star of the show, but he might end up different. Like, he might end up deferring to uh, Jeremy Grant or Kelly Olenek here and there. And just you got, he's gonna have to figure it out a little more. I think Jalen Green does have some he has better bets around him, I'd say. But Christian Wood, John Wall, Eric Gordon, like those dudes have been there. They've they've been to far places in the playoffs. Well, not Christian Wood, but John Wall and Eric Gordon. Christian Wood is just he's just really good. <laughs> he hasn't done anything yet. The Pistons letting him go was, was a, a major oversight, by the way, by them. But that's besides the point. I think Jalen Green just has. He has certain he has people who can really help him get, you know, improve and really help him learn the ropes. Whereas Kate Cunningham is looking to Kelly Olenek, I guess, or Jeremy Grant or Corey Joseph. <laughs> like this is this, some of those two of those guys are good. Corey Joseph's a scrub, but he's been around for a while. But um, yeah, I'll give it to him, to Jalen Green. It's gonna be close though. It's oranges and apples, to be honest, in the, with these two. And then I guess my last question here for the day. Why don't we go with Atlanta? So will Trey Young end the year as an all-star and an all-NBA player after getting snubbed from both last season? All-star, yes. All-NBA, very difficult, probably no. So I will sell on it because I don't believe, I don't know if he'll make all NBA because making all NBA is hard. You got to think about it when you look at it this way. You got to think about it. James Harden, if he stays healthy, that's an automatic. Luka Doncic, automatic. Um, that's two. That's 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 one team out. Um, you've got 
Steph Curry. Yeah, that's an automatic. Damian Lillard. <laughs> Damian Lillard. That's an automatic. That's two teams. That's two teams that we already didn't clear. But um, after that, Trey Young has a chance. He has a shot. He does have a shot. Um, but then Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. You got to think about Bradley Beal. And then after that, there's then – it, then it gets interesting. Yeah. Then it gets really interesting because I think Bradley Beal would probably be another one because he – um. And then, hmm. one thing that you have to think about too is like players who they now like they allow certain players to be voted for either guard or forward. So okay. Butler, for example, if he if, if they figure he's playing more two guard than three, that mm-hmm. puts a hard spot on Trey Young because Jimmy Butler was getting a lot of looks last year. He had a great season last year. Yeah. So yeah, I think it would be it would come down to a couple little nuances, but. I don't think he'll get all NBA, but I do think that he will possibly be an all-star this year. Okay. Uh, especially because Kyrie is dealing with, with is dealing with what he's dealing with right now and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Same thing with Ben Simmons. Um, ben Simmons, I mean, Ben Simmons could be better this year or could be really good this year. Still probably wind up making an all-star game. But again, that the jury's out on that. Um, but yeah, I think I think Trey Young will definitely be an all-star this year. Uh, there's no way they should snub him this year unless LaMelo Ball just like goes berserk or something like that. So, yeah, that's that I'm going to sell on it only because only because I don't think he'll make an all team, an all NBA team yet. Okay. Unless he, unless he jumps again. So, I think he could if like. Let's say all the, the sports writers are right and they're like, oh, yeah, because a lot of people are saying Atlanta's like, you know, has a shot at the third seed or fourth seed. If they're right and he gets a third seed, I think he makes it easily. But I, since I don't believe they're going to do that, I'm going to sell as well. Mm-hmm. Players, players sell, other places to watch out for, just name a few. Uh, Devin Booker, Donovan right. Mitchell, if he can take a step. I thought about Donovan Mitchell, but my only thing is I, he never really like his numbers are never like amazing. So yeah, but you know he's always he's always up there. So he he'll get votes, which is part of part of it too. He's taking votes from other people regardless whether he makes it or not. Those people people are voting for him. Mm-hmm. That limits the chances of others. So that's something to think about. Um, Paul George too. If they let if he decide if they decide he's a two guard, I thought about him. I thought about him too. That's another yep. one. That's another one. I did, I definitely did think about him. We said we said Steph Curry already. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that, I don't really imagine anyone else having a shot unless they like, um, like Jalen Brown. If he has an amazing year, he's if he gets another step better, they're gonna have they can't deny him of like those awards anymore. Yeah, I thought about Jalen Brown too. That's the funny part. Another step because he averaged like twenty four last year. He's like one of the better defenders in, in the NBA. If he takes another step, they can't deny him anymore. And he's looks like he's playing two guard next year. So right. But yeah, with Kyrie and Ben Simmons, I think it boosts Trey Young's chances significantly. Fascinating. So yeah, we have the second part, the second half here, the Eastern Conference. We did the Western Conference in the first half. 
Anything else you want to add, Jameer? Um, I'm just generally excited and ready to, to watch some NBA basketball. The WNBA was fantastic, and we'll get into that soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're a small crew here. It's kind of hard to keep up with everything, but right. <laughs> we're getting there. We'll definitely get it soon. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just very excited. I'm very excited for the new episodes that we'll talk about, um, the, the new things that we'll talk about. I'm sure we'll have a lot of spectacular moments happen this year. And, yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready for it, 100%. Word. So that's it for today's episode of Game Time. This is Zach, co-hosted by Jamir. Thanks, everyone, tuning in. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at GameTime underscore podcast, on Twitter at GameTime underscore ZNJ, as well as Facebook at GameTime with ZNJ to stay up to date on further content. And listen to future episodes. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. And we can't wait to talk more basketball on Game Time.